Folks, what is going on? Arm and Hammer here. Today we're going to be talking about the PFAA, otherwise known as the Professional Fitness Athletes Association. Now you may or may not have heard of these guys. Uh, Morning Chalk Up did an article on them a couple days ago, and they popped up on Instagram with a sort of message of stronger together is the way to do things. And I have been looking at their website and talked to a couple of people that are involved to get a better idea of what it is they're trying to do and why you might want to know a little bit more about this because you know this has been something that athletes in the CrossFit space have been talking about for a long time. The idea of a professional fitness athletes, basically, you know, what do CrossFitters compete in and then how do they organize the idea of that type of an organization, association, union. I mean, that idea has been around for a long time, uh, at least since the early 2010s, uh, 2012, 2013. It's probably around the first time I heard athletes actively talking about this and thinking about, hey, how, how would this even function? How would this work? And now we actually have a version of it and a context, an environment that might actually support it. So I guess we have a few questions that we need to answer, right? First off, what is it? Is it a a loose coming together of athletes or is it like a really strict union? Um, You know, what are they trying to do? Who's involved? Should we care? Those are probably the big four that we should be talking about here. So talking about the PFAA, the Professional Fitness Athletes Association, it is not a union. They don't have that type of a relationship of saying, all right, well, you work at this place and everyone that works at this place is going to be a part of it. It's more like everybody's participating in this thing and therefore we're all going to be grouped up together. It is going to have some of the benefits And that's kind of the idea, right? You leverage the entire group as an idea of having some of the benefits of like collective bargaining. And they are including um, all the games athletes that have qualified for the 2020 CrossFit Games, as well as, you know, like a dozen to two dozen more athletes that were, you know, invited in who are either really prominent in the space and not competing this year or, you know, maybe retired recently. Uh, It just basically is the best of the best athletes, the biggest names, the champions are in there. Everyone who wants to sort of come together to maybe try and make this thing a little bit better. Because like I said, this is the first time in a in the, the history of the CrossFit Games that there actually could potentially be an environment within which this could flourish. According to the PFAA website, which it used to be the ProFit athletes association which reads profit athlete association i'm really glad that they changed that the new website is actually significantly more clear it's just professional fitness athletes association.org and you can follow them on instagram uh, pfa association but according to both their instagram and their website they have a few things that they are really aiming towards accomplishing in general. Those aims are looking at both the current state of affairs in the space and the competitive space for the competitive athletes, as well as looking forward. So they want to improve, you know, health and safety, as well as coming up with standards for what competitions should adhere to both in terms, I think of, 
you know, their, their logistical planning, like how long and what events, that sort of thing, as well as, you know, the safety side of things of saying, all right, you have to guarantee us X, Y, and Z to make sure that we're not, you know, doing a one rep max sumo deadlift high pull in the rain. They're also looking at improving communication between the athletes and groups of athletes and the event organizers, which is a broad term, but includes, you know, all the sanctionals, all the, uh, you know, former sanctionals, all the uh, official events like the CrossFit games themselves, as well as, you know, like the, the licensed CrossFit events. So basically any event that's looking into bringing this group or attracting this type of a professional fitness athlete is, you know, a group that they are going to want to talk to, to say, Hey, you have to adhere to these standards. And here's the lines of communication by which we're going to be doing those things. And then one of the more interesting things that they mentioned on their site is that they're working with individuals and companies and athletes outside of their own association, outside of the PFAA to build or design what a competitive season could or should look like. It makes a lot of sense that there are outside organizations, either individuals or companies or other event organizers or whatever, you know, coming together to essentially say, hey, you know what? I think we can do this a little bit better. We can start something from scratch that has eyeballs and attention and takes care of the athletes better and, you know, is more rigidly structured and easier to follow. All the sort of problems that the past couple years of the CrossFit game season has run into. I mean, you can resolve it by figuring out something new to be the thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to take over from or remove the CrossFit games, but I just find it really interesting that one of these stated direct goals of this organization is to work with outside people and companies to try and direct what the future of the sport is going to look like. Now, those are really lofty goals. There's obviously a lot a lot of stuff in all those different things that I mentioned between the, you know, health and safety standards and the sort of uh, organization of what a competition should look like to creating a whole new season for this thing. You know, that's, that's big. That's a lot of stuff. And based on the conversation that I had with, you know, people who are directly involved in this thing and actually aggressively trying to, you know, get it off the, the table and uh, and really launch it in a successful way, the number one thing that they're focusing on right now is this health and safety thing. They want to make sure that events, whether it is, um, you know, a CrossFit official event or some outside sanction event or a non-sanction event that's inviting this group of athletes, that they are all on the same page with what the athletes require as a minimum standard for something to ensure that they are going to be safe when competing. And I think that is a good place to start in terms of the biggest bang for your buck. It might not necessarily be the most, um, you know, name up in headlights, fireworks shooting off into the sky, parties being thrown in the streets, socially distant bumping elbows to celebrate. However, it does have a lot of bang for its buck because it brings together something that everybody can agree on. We should all be safer when competing in this thing and puts the responsibility of 
of ensuring that safety and sort of those standards in both parties' camps by bringing together the athletes who want to see that happen and the events who want to make sure that happens. Now, it doesn't mean that all the events have been like dangerous up at this point or there aren't good standards in place for some events, but it does mean that you know, there's a lot that could be slipping between the cracks. It wasn't too long ago when Kevin Ogar broke his back and has been paralyzed since then at the OC throwdown. That is just one event. That's one really extreme example, but you want to avoid the extremes in a situation like this. And starting with something that everybody can agree on, let's make sure that there's a minimum bar of health and safety and standards. I think that's a really good place to be like, hey, you know what? This is what we can do to the athletes as well as to the spectators as well as the organizers, but definitely proving the case to the athletes is, hey guys, we can come together we can come up with these minimum standards. We can hold all the events to these minimum standards of health and safety and look at all the positivity that's brought to us as a group and elevated the sport in general. The effects of this are going to be really interesting to see because if this does work, I mean, you can project into the future of generally what this could look like, but you know, there's some things that even in the past couple of years that have happened that this would technically be able to solve. Like, for example, I think it was this season, there was a sanction event that took place in Australia earlier this year. I think it was in 2020, calendar year 2020. And it was panned. It was panned by the athletes. It was panned by the spectators. It was panned by, you know, people who were participating and watching. And it was just so unorganized and um, not well communicated to the athletes, like something like that could be actually really relatively easy to solve if the athletes come together and say, hey guys, here's the minimum standard of what we expect a, a typical event to look like. You know, it should look like X, Y, and Z, not here are the workouts we want to do, but more like here's the wireframe to use uh, Rich Froning's Mayhem Madness is this fantastic like wireframe of here's what the days of competition are going to look like and then we'll fill in the blanks with what those workouts are. And then looking even further into the future, if an association like this is successful, it kind of paves the way for protecting all the major stakeholders. It It, it isn't exactly like a traditional sport, but it does give some sort of a cushion or some sort of a obligation, an obligation on, on every end from the event organizers to CrossFit Inc. to the athletes um, to even potentially, you know, media partners, which I'm sure are going to be companies that they're going to want to talk to at some point for protecting the thing itself. And what that would accomplish down the line is avoiding the uncertainty that was the fallout from this whole, you know, getting rid of regionals and replacing it with sanctionals, which arguably was the right decision and arguably was a new structure to the season that could work, but it wasn't ever really fully baked. It kind of arrived raw and it was like, we're going to put this together as it's here. We, we can do this. We believe in us and everyone kind of dealt with it, but the confusion and the uncertainty that arose from that was, I can imagine, incredibly challenging for the athletes. It was really challenging for me, and I, I try to keep track of this from like a, a, a macro perspective 
And that's really tough to do from a micro perspective for the athletes who's just looking for what do I need to do to continue my professional career in this, or at least begin my professional career in this. How do I do that? That was just blown out into the wind. And I think an organization like this down the road, even if it doesn't necessarily succeed in, I don't know, creating a new seasonal structure or whatever, would be able to hold all the various stakeholders accountable by bringing together the athletes into one unified voice. In general, do I think it's a good idea to have something like the Professional Fitness Athletes Association? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good idea. I think it runs into you know one major problem, which is like, what do you call this thing? That's a really tough question to answer. If you, you know, if you work for CrossFit Inc., you call it CrossFit, and if you are um, James Fitzgerald, OPT, uh, he calls it mixed modal, I believe. And if you are uh, you know, trying to avoid getting sued, you call it fitness. And I think it's probably fitness is probably fitness, but there needs to be, you know, maybe, maybe someone more creative could come up with like a very exciting way of describing this thing. Like, you know, I call it competitive exercise. That's not really hot, nor is competitive fitness. That's not hot at all. But, you know, somewhere someone is going to come up with like mm, a spicy, spicy way of describing this thing. And we're all going to be like, oh, that's what it was. We should call it. Remember, folks, there's a whole lot going on in our space. It's easy to miss some of the most interesting and exciting stories. And I'm really pumped that I get to, you know, serve that purpose for you. If you enjoyed this content, do me a favor like the video, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel, almost at 30,000 subscribers. That's kind of wild. So why don't we just like push that over the top? You know what I mean? That'd be cool. Either way, I really appreciate all of your support and your attention. And I read all your comments, every last one of them. Thank you so much. And if you're still watching last week, I teased you guys about some really cool things that I'm going to be trying to do very soon. And I am not quite ready to tell you exactly what it is. But I will tell you that I've been working super hard on it. I'm very excited about it. It's kind of a way of bringing something that I think is missing in this entire space for this community and putting it together, hopefully, in a way that, you know, works out and brings us all into a, a little bit of a fun headspace and a, and a good time together. You know what I mean? Nah, you don't know what I mean because I didn't tell you anything about it. But I'm going to tell you soon. Thanks, folks. See you next time.